1: Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you didn't eat too much. Actually I don't care if you ate too much. It's not my problem, right? I mean listen, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. You're supposed to be a little gluttonous. You're supposed to enjoy it. If you didn't eat too much, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, this is not the time to worry about your your figure, your diet, any of that. It's the holiday season. This kicks off the eating season. We're going to keep eating until New Year's, and then are going to make a resolution to lose all that weight and go buy a bunch of equipment that you'll never use, but you'll hang laundry on it, so it'll be useful. So, now that I got that out of the way, um, the Bucks are going to go to Indianapolis. They're going to play the Colts. They're going to play on Sunday. It will be snowing, from what I understand, but not inside Lucas Oil Stadium, which is a good thing if you're uh, one of the Buccaneers or somebody that's attending the game, so there's that. That's a positive sign. Not so positive, though, is the Bucks' injury situation. And as we do this podcast, we're still awaiting word on whether the Bucks will be without a number of their starters. Uh, we knew that early in the week, you know, Coach Todd Bull said that if they had to play, say, on Wednesday, they would have had a lot of guys out. And that would include both linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, it would have included Jamal Dean for sure, I don't expect to see him in any case, and so, towards the end of the game against San Francisco, you saw the bucks play a lot of young players, a lot of rookies, some of them getting their first bite of the Apple in the regular season and I got to be honest with you they they did okay like it, you know it, it, as Todd Bowles and others said, it just didn't seem really too big for them um. And not that you would want to go into a game without Devin White or, you know, certainly Levante David, the way he has played this year, Um, but that might be the reality. And those guys, you know, were fortunate that at least last week they were able to step up. And so you're talking about Cervaccia Dennis, who is the guy that will play one of those inside linebacker positions if they need him, um, we saw defensive back Josh Hayes last week in the second half, and we also saw uh, Kayvon Merriweather, who started and played safety for the Bucks. And so, you know, that might be a situation where we're sort of awaiting if Ryan Neal looks like his thumb is better; he's got a smaller splint and/or cast on it than he did, um, you know, earlier uh, after the game. So there's going to be new new players and a lot of these guys have gotten some experience but not extended experience and we're going to find out about them and and this has been as we've talked about on this podcast the basic design flaw of this entire franchise is going to play out in Indianapolis and that is you had a number of veteran players productive veteran players towards the end of their career arc the end of their of their uh you know prime sort of performance peak performance era and yet you're trying to thread the needle with a new quarterback a new play caller who's never called plays before and stay relevant in the NFC South and they are still in fact relevant you know they're they're four and six if by the end of sunday the Atlanta Falcons beat the New Orleans Saints and the Bucks were to pull out some kind of victory in Indianapolis You'd have three teams tied in that division at five and five, which would be incredible, but it's also possible, you know, now I wouldn't feel good if I'm a Bucks fan about all these injuries, because this is what happens this time of year. Your bye week is gone. Your Thursday night game is gone. There's no, not going to be days off uh, in the sense of, you know, uh, the NFL season goes. So you're going to have to find a way. And, it It's not going to be easy, but these young players that got some experience last week, whether it's Dennis or, you know, Kayvon Merriweather or Josh Hayes, like, this is their opportunity. This is how players get chances in the NFL or even youth league or high school. It's a brutal sport, and all it takes is for a player to be injured, and they're on to the next thing, you know? and I'm sure those guys, if they don't play, they'll they'll pitch in as much as they can, helping to prepare the young guys that are behind them. But these are, you know, these are rookies. These are guys that only last week got into a regular season game, and they were trying to evaluate how they did. Um, but they're going to have to bring it, you know. They're going to have to be really good because while it's a younger man's game, you can't give the experience that, guys like Levante Hab and even Devin White. So that's going to be something to watch. I talked to Joe Tryon-Shawinka about this. And, you know, last year he was kind of bounced all over the place. He wasn't just an outside linebacker. They played him inside, played him on passing downs, different things. And we went to New England, which was a huge game because it was Tom Brady's return for a final time, you know, a couple of years ago when when Joe was a, was a rookie and it was his fourth start of his career. And he went out there, and they wound up winning 19-17. to 17. But he was absolutely terrific. You know, he had a couple of sacks, a bunch of tackles. And, you know, he was prepared to play. And if you talk to these guys, like we did, about Sunday's game, you know, in, in Indianapolis, they're approaching it the same way. Like, they have really prepared for this moment they have not just been sort of you know half asleep in meeting rooms and so on and so forth like these guys are serious football players i don't know and don't wouldn't think they're as good as what they're going to replace um but it it's it's a young man's game and and they're going to get their chance the way joe tryon did uh the way most guys in this league do and that's because of an injury or a player going to another team etc so i'm kind of anxious to see how they do uh, this is a game that, at least, if you're an in, an inside linebacker, you know that they're going to run downhill at you early and often. They're going to test you. Uh, in some ways, I think that's a better scenario if you're going to be missing players because you know exactly you know what they're going to do, but you got to stop it. And it's a huge game for the Bucks. We've talked about this. They're running out of opportunities. They definitely need need to to win this game, and then. Try to make some hay in the NFC South. Two games against the Panthers, one against the Saints, one against Atlanta, and beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up, you know? And I would say that it's going to be tough for the Bucks to do that, uh, to go on the road after they've lost five out of six, but now they got to turn this around and they'll have a shot at these next few games, and they got to find a way to win about five out of seven or maybe six out of seven so it's got to be an absolute about-face for this franchise. And they they match up pretty well against this team. But if the injuries continue to mount, it's going to be a story. And, in fact, we wrote a story about it on TampaBay.com and in Tampa Bay Times. You can check it out there. All right, we got some of your mailbag questions coming up here at the end of the week. But first, I want to remind you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems all over Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Well, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30 year no cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to the new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program in May Electric Solar. Their reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more, about May Electric Solar's installation and 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit MayElectricSolar.com. All right, we got a couple of mailbag questions to uh, wrap up the week here uh, a little bit, so let's uh, let's hit those now. All right, let's start with Les,
0: who says: Tank
1: Dell, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, Jordan Addison,
0: these are receivers with more yards than Chris Godwin, who is averaging 54 yards per game. Why can't Dave Canales get him more involved? Everyone knows that Hill and Allen are a threat, but they still can't seem to get targets.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, You know, the thing about Chris is that he's always been a high-volume guy, right? He's been the guy that has led them in catches most every year. Sometimes Mike has more yards, and certainly he's had more touchdowns, but it doesn't make sense to me that they've struggled so hard to get the ball to Chris. If you want to say, well, Mike, everything's going to run through Mike, and he's going to be doubled, I think a couple things. One... You know, in BA's offense, which is the offense he's played in the most over the last few years, he's been the slot receiver, and he's as a result of that, he's really in that offense has been a a, a guy that would block down on you know linebackers and sometimes outside linebackers or defensive linemen, and he he took a beating doing that, and of course we know you know he tore his ACL MCL a couple of years ago, so the Bucks decided that this would be the year that they would move him outside more uh, towards the boundary in as much as anything to protect him from that demolition derby that happens in the slot. And, you know, that's an adjustment. Uh, it's an adjustment for him. It's an adjustment for the offensive play caller and all of that. And so I think they kind of struggled, you know, getting him into their offense the way they really wanted to. Plus, a lot of people are paying attention to him and Mike. Uh, you see a lot of cover, two. You see a lot of, you know, zone uh situations but he's hung in there and the guy has an absolute tremendous attitude you know he's started meditation like he he does stuff to make himself better each and every day and he's not dropped a single pass this year in more than 50 receptions which is really remarkable i know that mike has struggled a little bit uh you know sort of with his hands but it it's on the play caller in my opinion if you know every team has good receivers uh, that good receiver on those teams is are going to be double teamed a lot. They don't stop throwing to them. And I know they only had the ball, you know, three possessions and a kneel down in the first half last week. But, you know, part of that is you didn't get the ball to Mike. You didn't get the ball to Chris at all. I mean, Mike had one catch for one yard and a touchdown. Chris never saw it. Um, so if you talk about the slow starts the Bucks have had, it seems to me that they start faster when they get – you know, Chris and or Mike involved, uh, early. And I think that's probably what they need to do again. Um, as they move forward, Craig had tweeted, he says this weekend versus an
0: elite team, Devin white, he's an unrestricted free agent seeking elite linebacker money. Would he even start on the 49ers defense or other elite ones around the league? Three tackles in that game.
1: Um, he wouldn't start for the 49ers cause they have green law and, um, Who was this guy in the middle? I'm thinking about Warner. Warner, Yeah, was the best linebacker in football. So I I don't think, you know, is Greenlaw better? I mean, maybe, but uh, I don't think you pencil him for a starter on that team. There are other teams, though, that he would at most certainly start. And the three tackles thing, that's not a good number for an inside linebacker after a full game of work. And then you remember, you know, him giving up the touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, who kind of widened out in the backfield, then ran back across the formation, and they had a bunch of receivers running interference for him that uh, picked off White, and he was beaten badly for a touchdown on that play. Devin White is sort of his own worst enemy this year because he set the expectation that, you know what, I deserve $100 million, or I I deserve to go around and talk to people, and um, that all sounded great, and the Bucks really did want him back. and you know, what he's making is nothing to sneeze at over $17 million, but you can't convince me that what he has done, uh, is worthy of a, of a giant extension. I I just don't believe in that. First of all, the position is, you know, many ways a reliable resource. And I mean, Devin's been great at times. Um, but I I think it's going to be hard to pay him that kind of money. I mean, to me, he might be fortunate to make the eleven seven or so he's supposed to make. Um, but he'll go out there and, and there will be teams that are interested and he will either work out for them or visit. And then we'll see, you know, if they give the bucks a, another chance, but I think linebacker between, you know, that situation with Devin Levante's age, it's going to be something that's going to have to be retooled, uh, fairly quickly. So, uh, I don't think he gets the big money that he's seeking, the $100 million type running money that Rokon Smith got, for example. I I think there are teams out there that would be very interested in Devin White. And maybe the tape doesn't look great this year, but they they feel like they know the guy and and they can get something out of him. So, um, yeah, I'm a little perplexed by Devin. I really am and and disappointed because I felt like, you know, this was the year that he was – it was the I'm going to show you year. And it just it just hasn't happened for him. But there's still seven games left. There's a lot of football. All right, Brian sent us a direct message. He says, Gents, appreciate
0: the show. As a Gator, I'd love a reason to say Kyle Trask belongs in the game. But as a longtime Buck, I'm impressed with Baker, especially against the Niners. I don't think quarterback is our issue at this point. Assume no Mike Levante and Devin White next year, and there's too many other holes on this team
1: for us to be arguing about a quarterback. I totally agree. And I argued with people on social media about this too. Like I think it's you're a simpleton if you go the quarterback's why we lose. Right. That 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 is said about every quarterback who doesn't make the postseason. There's gonna be fourteen teams that like their quarterback this year or like him enough, and those are the ones that make the playoffs. And then everybody else is gonna hate the bum and want him out of here. And that's just the way it goes. Um there are so many problems on this football team. And, you know, the old, I got 99 problems and Baker is not one, you know, I I just don't get the Baker hate except that he's got a lot of skeletons that he showed up with, you know, going back to his days, um, you know, Texas tech, Oklahoma, the Heisman, the, all of that. Um, maybe that, that reputation preceded him to the point where that people won't give him any chance, um, But this defense is going to have to get some new pieces. And, you know, I don't know what's happened to Shaq Barrett. Um, The numbers aren't good. We know he's coming off an Achilles. We know his personal situation, uh, which is horrible, by the way, in in terms of, you know, having lost his child and all that. But that's that's something he's brought up as things he's thought about prior to games. I don't think it's affecting his play. But they're not getting, you know – the pass rush that they need uh, sort of on the outside. And that's been a problem, as has the coverage been. Uh, You know, you got a lot of money spent on, you know, guys like Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. Those guys need to show up and make plays. And they haven't. They haven't been consistent. Uh, They'll play a team that runs the football, maybe doesn't throw it very well like they did against the Titans and win. And then they'll go out to San Francisco where there's legitimate weapons and get absolutely destroyed. So, you know, it's uh, it, it it's more than Baker Mayfield. And, and I think, you know, when people go back and really look at this, they're going to find that he played very, very well. He eliminated a lot of the sacks and the negative plays sort of on his own without the benefit of a very good offensive line. And does that mean he's back? No, because it all depends on where the Bucks finish in the draft, quite frankly, or what order they would be and and also who's available. Is there someone um, that's better, you know, suited for for the job now? But uh, yeah, it's a good question. I I understand the frustration. I do. And I'm I'm not sure I can disagree with it. Andy had tweeted, he says, On the subject of Mike
0: Evans and his drops this season. How does his stats match up against his peers and his career? Love Mike, but he gets paid to catch balls, even ones harder than he dropped. His reaction to the drops
1: gives me the impression he knows this all too well. I, I want to say that his career high for drops is seven, and he's at five right now, I believe, um, maybe even north of that. But this even for Mike is a rarity. Um, he came into the league with, with suspect you know, hands in terms of dropping footballs and things. Uh, They calmed him down out of that. And I've not seen this rear its ugly head until this year. And I can't tell you what's going on. Uh, I really can't. Um, He's earned the right and the benefit of the doubt to, to work his way out of this. You know? I mean, that's, the reaction has not been good. I think Baker Mayfield recognizes how talented the guy is, how consistent he is. The one thing I'll say is it matters to him. You know, when Mike drops balls, it's it's not – he takes it to heart. And he's been trying to work on it. And, you know, he doesn't – he wants to be that, that superstar that can help his team all the time. And he's still getting in the end zone, and he's still on pace to 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 have 1,300 yards receiving. So that's damn good. That's not good. That's damn good. Um, one day I, I think he's approaching Canton, Ohio with his career, and it wouldn't surprise me if he were to make it. Um but the drops have to stop. You know, you're paid to catch the football. You can't be uh, butterfinging it around. And, and that just doesn't go for just Mike. It's really all the players. You know, they they've got to do a better job.
0: Michael asks, what is your take on Carissa
1: Thompson admitting to completely making up NFL sideline reports? I mean, I share the disappointment uh, that was expressed by so many sideline reporters, many of them female, and it is especially hurtful to them because, um, you know, we, I think people tend to lump people together and generalize uh, about uh, something like a sideline reporter and the ones that I know, the Laura Oakman's and all of them, they, they, you know, have always been journalists first. Andrea Kramer, you know, is a good friend of mine. Like so many that were sort of pioneers into this business. And, you know, to say you just made something up, I mean, the way it was spilled out was so awkward and clumsy. And I'm surprised that she was not taken off the air. Uh, but there's just no excuse. Like if you want to prepare and know some things that's fine but to pass it off as i talked to coach so-and-so and and he told me you know that we suck today um you know and her excuse was well i knew what they would say if i had access to him like these are times that she was unable to talk to anybody i don't care i I think it's potentially damaging i think that people will look you know with one eye sort of half closed when a sideline reporter comes on um and it's it's just, yeah, it's just disappointing, and I don't know what the fallout would be, apparently none by Amazon. I mean she was doing the show and all that, uh maybe there's something privately, but yeah that was that was really disappointing, you know, because I don't I think a lot of people have trouble believing media anyway uh in and, and you know we kind of live in that world right of of the term fake news. But stuff like this sort of feeds into that false narrative, and I, I think it's dangerous. And, and I'm, I'm very disappointed, to say the least, that she would begin this discussion. All right, so it, it's going to be a busy weekend in sports. Obviously, the Bucks are going to make their trip up to Indianapolis and see if they can take down the Colts to begin what needs to be uh, kind of a run of about five or six out of the next seven games as victories for the Bucks. Really difficult to do, but they got to try to turn this thing around. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, are in Carolina uh, tonight, and they begin this road trip. And maybe, just maybe, it's after Thanksgiving, we will see Andre Vasilevsky between the pipes here soon. Well, it's so after will...
0: Thanksgiving, and Cooper earlier this week says we probably will see Andre Vasilevsky on this road trip. So it's a three-game it's road trip. Beautiful. Carolina tonight, Colorado, Arizona Monday and Tuesday night. So if it's not tonight I I'm guessing it'll be you know well obviously Monday or Tuesday Colorado Arizona but I would guess I would guess Monday if it's not tonight.
1: Man I'm going to say it's going to be tonight because I don't know why uh if you're taking them on the road and, and play, intending to play them why don't you just put them in there right away? Uh and you know don't don't yeah. let him think about it. Let's just go.
0: Well, it all depends on when the medical staff clears him. I mean, he's that, practicing, I but you know. Yeah. So we'll you know that I'm sure maybe, that's
1: maybe he has a setback or it's longer. Yeah. We don't know yet. I'm
0: sure it's really just waiting for that because if it was up to Andre Vazza, he would have probably played two weeks ago.
1: You're probably right. Um, great weekend in college football. Not a good weekend. Great weekend in college football. I'm interested as hell in the Florida State game against Florida. The quarterbacks, both starters, are out. In the case of Florida State, they want to stay undefeated. They want to win a national championship. And they have to do it, both teams do actually, in this game, without their starting quarterback. Uh, And it's disappointing. I think it's going to absolutely affect Florida State's ranking, but they're still a really good football team. And if they can win and they go to the ACC title and win, um, it'll be difficult to keep them out of there. But intriguing matchup, intriguing game in general between Florida and Georgia all the time, anytime they get together. Alex Golish and his USF Bulls have a chance. This is their last chance to secure a, uh, a postseason berth, a bowl berth. Which,
0: if you'd have said that at the beginning of the season they were going <laughs> Sounds, into that game with a yeah. bowl berth on the right. line, I'd have
1: said, nah, I'm nah, not sure about nah. that. That's not going to happen. Sounds great. It really does. It's fantastic if they manage to pull this off. Uh, but it'd be a big boost for the program, and mm-hmm. then they'd have, you know, I mean, not only the bowl game, and it and and may end up
0: being in Tampa, but they may go to the Gasparilla Bowl, which has been, you know, speculated. But yeah. just having, just getting to the six wins. I mean, this the team had four wins the last three seasons in combined. three years. I know, and it's three crazy. of those, three of those were FCS schools. There was one FBS win in three years. Yeah, and, no, and you know, if they win, if they win Saturday. That'll be five FBS wins this year. (laughs) It's crazy, you know, six total because they beat Famu. Yeah, but but you get to the bowl game, you get the excitement, but you also get those extra practices for a young team, huge and a a new coach, a new coaching staff that's been there for one year. Like that is huge if they can get to there.
1: And I think they will because I I think they're going to be heavily favored over what a a three and eight is that what uh, coast or. yeah charlotte charlotte is yeah i was thinking carolina they're three and eight i think or three and seven something like that they got three wins um so it's a game they'll be favored in they just got to take care of business then you're right you get the reward right um take Mm -hmm. your take your flowers take your bows and i think i don't know if there's a conference coach of the year but if there is and he pulls this off alex should be that guy
0: he's definitely in that running no question about it yeah um to be honest, you could almost, you know, I mean, he wouldn't get the national
1: coach of the year, but he ought to be well, considered. You could, you could consider him. Absolutely you could. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. So um, big, huge game for USF, who's going to have a bunch of recruits there as well. So hopefully mm-hmm. people come out and watch it and create a little bit of atmosphere, which is what Goalish was sort of hoping for. So lots to watch with your leftovers. Enjoy the football. We'll be back on Monday to tell you about, of course, the Bucks and the Colts. For Steve Burstick, Stroud. Of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Mom